All right, guys, so welcome back to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. And today we have got yet another inspirational, incredible lady coming live from Los Angeles. And what I do, as I always do at the beginning of these podcasts, is just run everybody through a short bio of what the person, persons who's come on the podcast has done. Now, this lady, she's an actress and an Emmy Award-winning producer. After graduating from UCLA School of Theatre, Film and Television, she enjoyed a prolific on-camera career, including a 10-year stint as a reporter-producer for Playboy. She received a daytime animation <laughs> for Amazon's Prime, the the role of Joe Connors, numerous credits in feature films, multiple award-winning acts, uh, films such as Acts of Desperation and Beckman, alongside David A.R. White, Billy Baldwin, spends her time also giving back to charitable organizations through the Robert H. Lorsch Foundation. So I just want to, first of all, thank and welcome Kira Reed Lorsch. How are you going, Kira? I'm doing great. Holding up pretty well. I'm holding up, as you can see, my dogs have joined our imperfectly perfect <laughs> interview today. And I'm, I'm actually down in my house in Oceanside. So um, I've left Los Angeles where it's a little bit nutty when everything's going on. There's so many people. It's very locked down. I have a little house up there, but I also have a, a beach house down here. So I decided to come down here where the beaches, you can still walk your dog. Of course, we're doing all the right things, social distancing, wearing the masks where we need to and everything, but also just like keeping a little like sanity of normal life. I suppose that'll lead into my first question because um, pretty much the incredible career you have led, not just in front of the camera, but behind knowing the business of the industry. You might be like myself in terms of, you know, we switched on and thinking what to do next. How have you, with your mental health and well-being, been able to really just take a step back during COVID and learn to, learn to live a new life or perspective through not being able to keep active, so to speak, and staying in your house? Well, let me tell you, Glenn, it's, it's amazing how much we can do and efficiently while we're at home. Like granted, like it's great being able to connect like this. This isn't real, like it's, it's, it's digital, but we're still able to keep connected and it doesn't make up, this is like the icing on the cake or the gravy on the mashed potatoes, like, but, we, but we still can connect. So even before this happened, I was already doing post-production with a movie I shot in London, The Witches of Amityville Academy with Proportion Productions and Donna Spangler. And we were doing it digitally already. We were on Vimeo, we were on WhatsApp, we were having Zoom meetings, you know what I mean? So yeah. we had already started that because, of, because we shot it in London and it's a production company in LA and a production company in London. We just kept going. So that movie is gonna be ready. It was gonna be ready for Cannes, but now that can is digital, maybe we'll wait till the Halloween season. You know, we just keep going. And I think what's really important and to, and to keep our mental health in order and to like have a good outlook and have faith for the future is like to keep having purpose and to keep staying busy. Yeah. So I have the witches movie going on. Uh, I'll keep rattling if that's okay. I have all this stuff going on. <laughs> I have, I'm in post-production on um, a short form web series, which is probably going to quibby rumors about young Hollywood that I'm an executive producer on. I played the acting teacher of the young kids in Hollywood, which is really fun. Um, and we've been able to, because the, those people aren't working now, 
actively outside of what they're doing, they can finish that post-production efficiently and they're teaching themselves and learning themselves how to do some of the new things. So I think that's really fun that we can all kind of like take this and um, use it to our advantage of getting projects done. I have another um, short film that's a comedy. It's called The Interview. It was done as a proof of concept for my friend Crystal Correa. I play her alcoholic, pill-popping, <laughs> lush of a boss. It's very nasty, but it's so fun to play. <laughs> and um, she just got into, by, by finishing some of uh, her projects, not only is our interview in some short film festivals, um, She's now a, direct, a young director in the HBO's director program, which is fantastic. And then just yesterday, I was actually, Glenn, supposed to be filming in Las Vegas today, this whole week, for a new film, a horror film called Third Floor that my friend Nancy O'Brien wrote. So we can't film it. So we just had to like, how do we keep it going? How do we get keep people interested? What do we do? So let's figure out how to do this Kickstarter thing and put up some awards and rewards so people can feel like they're a part of the movie. Like get a digital poster sent to you um, in the meantime, like support us and come to our movie premiere. Remember when we can go out and deal with actual people, you know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to support the projects that are, that are already in play. And then of course I have um, Beckman that was supposed to be a theatrical release, but because it's not theatrical now, we just even got a better deal with Lionsgate and Universal. That's the one with Billy Baldwin and David A.R. White. And I'm working on, uh, on some other projects with them. So um, when I'm like, what it, it's shut down, it doesn't seem like it's shut down. We're just kind of adapting to like keep going and also really getting an arsenal of material for the future. Should I stop talking or keep talking? Yeah. Because I can keep talking. <laughs> but, 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 but it also makes me think, you know, we're talking about all of our essential services, which is our, our frontline workers, our doctors, our delivery people, our grocery store workers. That's amazing. And we love them and, and really appreciate them so much more than we used to. But I also think that it shows that the arts are an essential service. Because what is everybody doing, Glenn? sitting at home and watching Netflix and old movies. And you know, this is how we're gonna get through this, like to escape a little and like arts are essential. So I think it really helps us appreciate what we do as an art form, that it's not just fluff, that it's like it really helps people and it's important what messages you, you send out. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because here in Australia at the moment with, with what's happening, obviously it's affected the arts community and people that work from gig to gig. So at the mm -hmm. minute, a lot of actors and everyone here in Australia are not getting mm -hmm. help by the government. Where mm -hmm. They've turned it around and I'm fully in support being a photographer as well and said, Yeah, but at times you're a great photographer. Someday you'll shoot me, I hope. I, yeah, I hope so. But they're, they're turning it around and going, but when there was like the fire relief and when there was this and when at times that you need mm -hmm. people to make people feel better, who do you turn to? The people in the arts. And it's so true yeah. more than ever. It's so prevalent. But what I want to just go to, listening to your talk there, the thing about me is I, I love the amount of success that people can achieve, but I also like to know the person behind it. So you as Kira, and we've been talking quite a lot. 
But mm-hmm. what I can get from you there is you are so driven and you are doing everything in front of the camera, behind the camera. You're trying to help other people. You're a humanitarian. Where does that come from? Where did you get that sheer fire in your belly just to be so driven? Because I love that in people. Well, I don't know if I get it from God or my mother or the universe or what have you, but I I feel like I am a self-starter. And if I'm passionate about something, if I desire it, if I want it, I will find out about it, get knowledge about it, find out how to do it, and then take action. So it's about doing it. There's a lot of people who theorize, oh, well, I'm going to maybe write a screenplay someday and make a movie, or I'm going to, oh, I'm going to move to Hollywood and be an actress. Like, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I have a saying that is, that is along your lines of imperfectly perfect. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. Just do it. Just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. Who are you living up to? Nobody. Yourself. Like, would you rather have something? Like when I wrote my book, Score, remember Score? I don't know if you ever read it, but my How to Win the Girl of Your Dreams. I was like, the publishers were rejecting it and they wanted me to change it like this. And I spent five years trying to get, I finally got the book published. And, I, and, the, and, and it came down to like, do you want to make any other changes on it? And I'm like, no, just want it done so I can move on to my next project. So I've got six other ideas percolating over here. We can keep, trying to be, have the most perfect body. You can keep trying to be the smartest person and the prettiest person in the room or the most talented or the most award-winning or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Just do something. That, that's our job as humans is to be creators. Don't judge it. Like if you start judging it, you'll never even start it and then nothing will ever be finished. Yeah. So I don't know where that came from, but it's just like innately in me to um to do I, I i couldn't agree more the amount of people that i talk to and people are like and, and they've seen where the campaign's gone and i'm like mm-hmm. there's no airs and graces i've got a laptop I, I i originally had garage band i pressed play i did a podcast it got picked up in australia because of the, mm-hmm. the people and real conversations so anybody like yourself I adore, I just think, I think that self-starter motivation, and especially at a time during COVID, I suppose, you kind of need that to go, okay, what am I going to do today? Or we could simply really dwell and um, do that. But my next question would be going into kind kind of that, because you do talk about um, the foundation towards uh, Robert and how it got started. Now, you spoke about, one of the films, The Acts of Desperation, kind of been like your therapy going through that stage. Yeah. Is that something that you really needed at that time and you just really delved into the character? Yes, definitely. I, 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 and some purists might not like this who are thespians and actors and all that. I don't take myself that seriously. But a friend of mine sent me a script called Acts of Desperation. And um, I just lost my husband and I I was kind of in a a downward spiral. I was lost, I had to move, I had to sell things, I had to move out of my house. I was drinking too much. I I was not associating with my friends because I couldn't deal with anybody. Like I just felt like I could keep going down this hole or I could take all of this stuff that I'm going through and put it into art. So people kept sending me scripts of things they wanted to do and the script came 
And it's this woman, Morgan, who's on the verge of killing herself on a bridge because she doesn't know how to face one more day. And I started reading it and the tears just started rolling down my face. I'm like, what, instead of self-destructing in my own life, why don't I play a self-destructive character and make him produce a movie and get excited about something that actually is making something and productive, <laughs> you know, make that choice. Yeah. So I think it really helped, like having the project, having the purpose, having the artistic creative outlet really helped save me from a time where I could have gone really bad the other direction. And, and since, since then, which is, which is, you know, two years ago now, um, since we made that movie and, oh, by the way, I don't know if you get to be in Australia, but in anyone who gets Tubi, we've offered Acts of Desperation movie for free on Tubi all this month, and I think into next month, um, because it's one of those movies where you can kind of commiserate with the people who are going through desperation every day, whether it be a pandemic or your love life out of control, or you're, you've been eating too much lasagna and ice cream on the couch while you've been stuck at home, like, like all these people struggling with their own vices, and it's a movie about that, and I was like, I can play this character, it'll help me in my personal life. And I think it's a great message to send that, you know, you can't save everyone, but you can try and you, you can save yourself if you choose. Yeah, and, and I think that's the whole thing. And that's what I love about artists is that, that I hope that the campaign is showing and it seems to be that a piece of music or a piece of literature or a film really resonates with people. and. My one of my aims was to all these big organizations out there going, guys, mm -hmm. it's the arts that connect people mm -hmm. to commonality. And if we can change yeah. the vernacular by using film and music, a piece of mm -hmm. music, can you remember a piece of music that takes you straight back to a certain emotion? Yes, for sure, exactly. And I I love down in Oceanside. My brother Lee Troutman has um, a full-on music studio here full-time. He went back to school at um, Costa Mesa down here to get his master's degree or whatever it is in jazz. But so while I'm quarantined, we've been like able to use music as therapy and he'll play music and I'll play the drums badly, by the way. <laughs> I don't sing, I don't play anything, but I can dance and I can enjoy it. And it's such a good therapy. And I know you know Wes Gear. Yeah, and the Rocker Recovery guys, like I really love what they're doing and our foundation has supported them and the work they do, not just for recovery people or addicts, but also just for people who, especially now, need to have a connection and also, what a great time to learn an instrument. What a great time to like have a place to put your creativity instead of like churning around in your own head and worrying which is not going to help anything. So I, 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 I think music and art is such a great outlet and all the people and the yoga teachers who are doing Zoom and all of that, like keeping us sane if we need a little inspiration. Um, my Black Sheep and Be Well yoga teachers down here are doing so great. And then I think everybody is really revamping also taking their digital creative to the next level. Like yeah. What, what can I do at home? Well, I can redo my website. I can, I just started a fan page. Somebody started a fan page for me, Angelique DeVries. She's um, Ron Moss's um, fan club person. And she started a page for me because we started getting, um, doing some things together. I'm like, oh, I have a place to send people. I, I can't, that's something I can control. I can, yeah. we can write a sign together and record it. I can make a new web page. There's still so many things that we can do. Have you always been um, creative? 
like where did it start from and when did when did it lead into you obviously going down the route of of producing and writing and then acting itself well i was always kind of the bossy little girl of the neighborhood and i was like come over let's put on a show we're gonna do a baton twirling routine to like Sean Cassidy's Do Run Run in first grade. Okay, now I'm gonna be the director and I'm gonna be the star. Okay, we have to all gather girls. <laughs> so it, it was more like I've always want, I always liked the idea of, of putting on a show and, um, or putting, you know, all of that. Um, my mother's a poet. She has published books. She, ha she has one on Amazon, um, The Ivy Grows Last, which my brother edited with her and my cousin Laura. So I come from a poetic background. I, I wrote poetry and then I was a dancer. I was never really a good enough dancer. <laughs> so I was never like the best ballerina. So I knew I couldn't be a professional dancer, but I had, um, you know, chutzpah and verve. And so I think that, and, and, and drive and, and ambition. So it makes for me like, oh, how, how uh, what about an actress? Okay, well, I think I can do that. I just have to walk and talk and memorize the lines. It's like the spelling bee at the same time. Okay, I can do that. That's not so hard. And then also I, I like the idea of being the, um, the mastermind, um, like the, the Bob Evans, like the, the kid stays in the picture. Like if I like something, if I'm passionate about a project or a script, um, to be the one who says, let's make this movie. And that's how I got into producing. And I got, and you know me from Playboy, right? Playboy TV, et cetera, and all of that. It airs. We went to Australia a couple times to do news stories. Yeah. So I learned how to be a producer from producing news segments for um, Playboy. And I, I, I got this job by accident. I, you know, I was doing some movies and then I met this person and then he's the president of Playboy. The next thing you know, I'm in his boat and I hear that the guy who's producing sex, et cetera, can't find a girl who can walk and talk at the same time and like go in there and like be amongst people. I'm like, well, I can do that. That's Saturday. The next Tuesday, I did an audition. The next Friday, I got a job. And for the next 12 years, I was a writer producer, wow. produced myself, hosted the show, and then produced the other people as they came in. I got to produce Boyd and Frank, and then the young girls, Andrea and Valerie. It was, it was really fun, but I learned, I really honed in, because once you know how to do it, you can produce anything. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not making Hallmark and family film movies. Who would have thought that? But it's the same formula. You just have to find out what that formula is, but you know how to do it you know, once you learn how to do it. And um, as Frank Martin, my boss at Playboy used to say, Kira, you're just a natural born producer. Mm. I don't know. Everything. Now, what I was gonna say to, to all that is, when, when you get this kind of, this attention and you're in this bubble of a celebrity world and, and what I've noticed, and I take my hat off to anybody in the entertainment industry is that, it almost is a sense of an, an attaining towards the campaign showing the it's a highlight reel through socials because it is people's profession and that's why we have to put certain things on our profiles. Mm -hmm. But what have you learned about life and the human condition from being classed as a celebrity by the media? What have you learned about people as you've been hosting and presenting and taken away about that industry? Well, you know what? I've, I've always been my own person and I've never let it go to my head. And I'm not that big of a celebrity. 
in the scheme of things. I'm not Jennifer Aniston or Julia Roberts, you know what I mean? So I kind of like where I am. Like if I go somewhere and people know who I am and they treat me better because they like what I do, I, I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. But I can also like go about my life and do a normal life and not have it affect me. I also know it's a bunch of shiny, glittery stuff that isn't real. What's real is our friends and our family and our animals and our real connections and, and the experiences and the people we get to work with to do creative things. It's not about, and, and I play the game, man. I think that's part of it. And I think you have to enjoy playing the game a little bit so the game doesn't play you. Yeah. Like you're like, I'm gonna go play this game over here. This will be fun and challenging, but it's not like that that affects who I really am. It's just like I'm playing the game over here because that's part of the job. And then you have to really be grounded on in who you are and who you think and, and what is important to you and, and keep that um, separate and sacred. And I, I've also learned to say no to things as I get older. I don't have to be at every premiere and I don't have to support everybody's thing. And if I don't really believe in it, I'm not going to show up and smile and I'll just be like, no, thank you. Maybe I do want to spend a day at home yeah. by myself and not do that. I, I'm tired of spending days at home by myself, but by the way, and I do want to get out in the world. Yeah. But to be able to pick and choose yeah. um, as, as we figure out who we are, what we want to do, who we want to work with, what's important to us, and ultimately, like, what is the message that we, we leave behind when all of this crazy dream called life is over. Yeah, I suppose that leads me to ju just ask, how have you been able to, within the world of entertainment and whatever you do as a profession, I suppose, you yourself as a person, how have you been able to filter all through that noise and look after your well-being? Because to me, and we've spoken, and, and now even and speaking, you're so confident in your abilities to know that you know where your head's at and you can say no to certain things. But I suppose when when you got into the, the industry, how did you filter through that noise? Did you have good people around you, support system? I come from a really good family and my, my mom, you know, was very like, you can do whatever you want to do. And I had a natural sense of um, feeling that I was worthy. So I didn't have to overcome that. But believe me, I'm like anyone else. I have my struggles, you know, you know, growing up as a teenager, you know, I had eating disorders. I got, because the, the models were this and and I was supposed to lose three pounds and, uh, or, I put, or I wouldn't be beautiful. And you go through that and then you kind of go like, well, is it worth fearing that, struggling that, vomiting the candy bars you just ate, you know, running six miles so you can sweat and, and do it all again? Is that making my life better? And you go, no. So you say, okay, well, what's going to make my life better? And sometimes it's 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 really the, the 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 cliches but the cliches are there for a reason because they work i am good enough i am worthy of love i am fine just and safe and loved as i am uh, you know you have to tell your own self these things because who else is going to do it 
And, and I don't, I have days where I've had to call people to help me get out of bed. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I can go put on all my armor and face the world. Like I just, I don't know how to do it anymore. And I have to go prove myself today. And they want me to audition for this two line part that they just should be offering me. And I'm just like, I'm so angry, <laughs> you know? And I have to, I have to go back to those fundamentals of going, you're safe, you're loved, you're good enough. And God damn it, people like you. <laughs> I always heard the saying, and I, I love it, nobody can hurt you more than you can hurt yourself. Yeah. It, and no a, one can heal us more than we, yeah, no one can heal us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it, it, it's kind of one of those things that all these external things that obviously come to us, but yeah. a lot of it obviously is in the mindset. And like my background's obviously in fitness and I've openly spoke about going through body dysmorphia as a guy. Yeah, obviously. I've seen pictures of you and you're like, but that's, but that's you're like your competition days. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. During those times, I was mentally struggling with body dysmorphia, hating myself. Yeah. What, what you see is never what's going on. And, and I come to learn, like we're just saying there, like you can only heal yourself and it all starts in here. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's, it, it's one of those that we can go but do you think within within your industry these sort of conversations are becoming more more open and everyone is talking more about mental health i think that there's a big spotlight on mental health right now and the imperfectly perfect campaign is part of that i've been president of the thalians hollywood for mental health i was on the board and then can you still see me because i have a phone call coming in yeah your video is just off at the moment <laughs> Uh, we'll stop that. And she's back. <laughs> <laughs> did you say, did you hear me swear? No. Because <laughs> oh, okay. well, I'm perfectly perfect. I can't see you. Can you see me? Yeah. I uh, no, I can just see your, uh, your screenshot again. We have to get back to here. We have to get over here. We have <laughs> to get into here. We have to go over here. I don't know why it's not letting me on. Somebody tried calling me. And it messed it up, but I'm starting video again. Good news is we can edit. Exactly. There you are. Oh no, it's another picture. Where were we? The importance of mental health during this time, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So are, are the conversations within your industry, within your profession becoming more open? Have you noticed? I think that there's a big, huge spotlight on mental health right now, which is fantastic. And you are leading the movement, Glenn, with Imperfectly Perfect. 
I, I have been a part of the mental health industry. I've been the president of the Thalians Hollywood for Mental Health um, from Cedar sinai and then the move to UCLA Operation Men where we're doing um, counseling programs for, for guys who've come back blown up from war in Iran and Afghanistan and they need counseling for them and their families and PTSD and just how to function and, and their new normal. And now we're all going through this whole pandemic situation, a worldwide lockdown where we're all dealing with our own mental health and looking at it and talking about it in an open manner. And I think if, if anything good comes out of it, I think it's a great big wake up call to how important it is to have mental health be a priority. There's cancer and there's heart disease and there's all these things that are also very important and scary but it's just as important if you can't get out of bed because something's going on inside, then you can't get out of bed because something's going on outside. So um, I, I think what you're doing is great. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it and an advocate about it. I, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm just a person like everybody else going through, and, through it and saying it's okay to ask for help. It's strong to ask for help. It's, and everyone's empathy is really up right now, I think, because everyone wants to like help other people and figure out how they, they can be of service and to have some sort of control of these things. Like, don't feel bad if you need to make a phone call and go, what do I do? Or I'm feeling bad. It's okay to feel not okay. Yeah. So that's, that's my two cents on the whole <laughs> mental health business. I've only literally been in it within 15 minutes. And like you said there, you're not an expert in it. I never claim to be as well. Like I talk to professionals and experts just through all the, all the kind of literature that goes out with it. But essentially what I have learned from talking, at first it was the clinical practitioners and then it went to the holistic approach as well. Because as we know, it's all mindset. And other than schizophrenia, bipolar, which is a chemical imbalance, a lot mm -hmm. of times we really do need to go that holistic route as well to work out lifestyle lifestyle helps your mental health for sure exactly holistic route meaning eating right exercising you know having mindful meditation you know making space and time for yourself so you're not overworked so you can sleep you know simple stuff like hydrate <laughs> you know let's let's get back to the core of things that are the foundation of good health which includes mental health yeah could not agree more. Now I do have um, I do have some short fire questions. What I normally I normally end with, right? Okay. Get ready for these ones. So they're just a bit of the fun at the end, so people can get to know a little bit more about you, other than talking about obviously the mental health side of things. So we are gonna go to career highlight. Career highlight. Um, winning an Emmy, two of them for the Bay the series. I just think that's so wonderful. You can binge the Bay now on Amazon and to be validated by Hollywood. I know we're supposed to say that awards don't mean anything, but it was also like on my list as a little girl to be an Emmy award winner. And I did it. So I went like this, like, oh, you can set goals. You can work toward them and you can make them happen. 
So it wasn't just the award, yeah. it was the validation that I was like, some, I was somehow doing something right. So that kind of it does go into a, a quick question that you, you answered a little bit there. Was there one moment in time where you suddenly stepped back and realized I've attained what I wanted to do? Was that the moment, the Emmy? Well, I haven't attained everything I want. I, you know, I, I'm, I, there's so much more I want to do, but it, it made me feel like I was on the right track to keep doing what I love. And that if I set goals and I work toward them and I do a good job, they are achievable. Like these things that seem when you're a young girl writing them in your journal, I'm going to be an Emmy award winning actress and producer. And, and, and then you read them later and you're like, wait, I've been working toward that and it actually works. So I don't think we're ever done as artists or creators. I think there's always like the next thing or other, what, then what are we going to do? Sit on the couch and drink vodka in our ice cream all day. You know what I mean? So I, I always want to have like, there's more to do. And I've got my new list. I'm not going to share it with you because I, I, I think kind of like the Bible says, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to pray in private. So no one, there's nothing disrupting your dreams or your prayers or your intentions or your goals. So, uh, but I've got them written down, believe me, because I know it works, but it's not just writing them down and positive thinking. It's also about doing the actions toward them. What's your pre-game rituals before you go on set or an event or anything? How do you, how do you get over the... <laughs> <I don't. laughs> You know, I'm, I'm a big yogi. I, I believe as if I'm calm and I'm prepared, I'm an over-preparer. Like I'll have extra, you know, st stuff in case I'm sweating in my purse and I'll have more lipstick and I'll have some extra wipes for my friends. And in case, you know, my eyelashes fall off, I'll have extra, I get super prepared. So if anything happens, I got this. But I also like to either go for a long walk, go to a yoga class, get a massage. So when I'm going in, I'm not aggravated and I'm not like, you know, trying to juggle like me, where am I supposed to go? Like I've got it set up so I can go into a situation and, and, and be the best I can be. And then I can take whatever flies at me better. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I do have a, a, a general anxiety about going out and presenting and whatever, but I think that's normal and healthy and adrenaline because I want to be good. I want to be a good person. I want to be likable. I want to do a good job. Like I get anxious. So I have to do those things to calm myself down so I can um, not be, you know, disturbed <laughs> or, or on edge. So I can get to that place where if I'm prepared, if I'm ready, if I'm relaxed, then I can go put on a show or go to a cocktail party or go on a date or, you know, go to the, whatever I have to do that day that requires me to be on, you know, that I'm my best self. Who's your inspiration? Oh, I, I my, my inspiration are all the people who've come before me. You know, I have actress inspirations like, you know, Susan Sarandon or, or Jessica Lange or Meryl Streep. I've got um, family inspirations like my mom who had polio since the time she was four. She was told she'd never have kids. She has five 
<laughs> and it ran a whole household and, you know, and overcame bigger, you know, physical things that, you know, are amazing. I have, you know, all the, the artists who are out there, um, you know, keeping on, keeping on. So it's just the people who are doing what they love and, and can and overcome obstacles or, and, you know, and right now we're all talking about it, but the people who, you know, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm in a position where I can work from home. I can still keep things going, but what if you have to be out there in the real world and feeding your family and, and maybe putting yourself in harm's way, but still, um, working in the hospital workers and all of that. So I think, you know, this week and this month and at this time, those are really my inspiration. The people who have to go out there every day and face it. And then last one, um, what would you like to be remembered for your legacy? <laughs> I want to be remembered for being nice. And I, I haven't always been nice. <laughs> I've been a snotty brat and I've, you know, not been nice to my sister sometimes or I've not been, you know, or I've been leading with my ego and fighting for no reason. I think I've come to a kinder, gentler place. Um, so to be a nice, good person would be good and some good movies. But a nice, good person, I think, is, is most important. Oh, she was cool. She was nice. And I think that's where, where it, it does kind of the, the vocabulary around that being nice and, and judgment. Cause I always say judgments back um, based on the back of hip hypocrisy. Like we've all done things, we've all been a bastard or we've all been, you know, yeah. and, and for people to take that on and when you go through your self journey and your development, you actually grow and you learn. So for yeah. people to hold that against anybody, I, I just think you need to be mindful and look at yourself before you judge mm -hmm. other people. But, mm -hmm. That's me. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Thank you for spreading the good word of being kind. I'm trying. I'm trying. And thank you for being part of that. So I just want to, first of all, again, thank you for your time today on the podcast. And thank you for being an advocate towards mental health and the, the campaign itself. You've been great help. We chat all the time and you jump on the live. So we've got to do a live soon. I see you on there. Time different. We'll do one. Usually I'm not dressed or, and I'm in my sweatpants and I don't want to be seen on camera because I don't have my mascara on, you know. <laughs> Time zones. Is but so we'll cool. plan one. We'll plan one. That's amazing. But where can people find out more information? I'll put all the links up, obviously, but if there's any projects or your book that people may have not come across, um, where can they get all that information? Well, the best place to go is my website, which is kirareedlorsch.com, and there's links to everything else. I have an Instagram page. I have a personal um, a Facebook page, but it's gotten filled up. So we started with Angelique. We started the new fan page. So it's Kira Reed Lorsch fans on Facebook. And then um, all the information to get the book or where to see movies or what's coming up next is all on the website, which is great. So it's all in one hub. And then I, my favorite social media is Instagram. So I'm, I'm on there most of all. So I hope you follow me. I'll follow you. We'll, we'll all be connected in this strange time and, and into the future. Have you not jumped on the, uh, the TikTok like everybody during COVID? <laughs> I got on the TikTok and I actually like the app. I think it's very user friendly. It's easy. I like that you can add music. It's fun. I've done a couple. I just, you know, 
there's only so much time in the day and I, I really want to spend less time on the computer and more time like on the balcony gardening my plants with my dogs. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, again, thank you on behalf of the campaign, on behalf of myself, I truly appreciate it. Um, thank you for this time. And for anybody who's listening to um, the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, you can find it on Spotify, iTunes or iHeartRadio. This episode will be out in the next couple of weeks and the links for Kira will be below. Thank you guys and thank you, Kira. Thank you, Glenn.